Hi, this is Matt from That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. This week, we read The Summer Hikaru Died, chapters 1 through 14. Hey, hey, uh, gonna need another take on that one. What did I say wrong? It's pronounced manga. Oh, it's manga? Oh, sorry about that. It won't happen again. You're you're a doppelganger, aren't you? No. You still have to record the episode. Aw, enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. Uh, this is a total unknown to me. Uh, I've never heard of it before, and this is a fresh read. How about you, Matt? Uh, so I was interested in this when I saw the first volume released, so I picked that up and read it. Um, I had not read any further beyond that, uh, so everything beyond volume one was a fresh read for me. All right, and Jacob? Uh, despite living on the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere and thus identifying with the characters, I have never heard of this. All right, and Jay's a little under the weather this week, so she will not be joining us. Uh, such a shame. I feel like she would really like this manga. <laughs> this is surprisingly her very narrow niche, <laughs> as we'll find out. <laughs> yep. As we uh, open up our adventure with uh, two young men, uh, high school kids, going to get some ice cream on a blisteringly hot summer day. You can tell it's summer because uh, the light is bright. The cicadas are... <laughs> I I love this manga for how it does, like... The SFX are great. The, the sound effects are constantly crowding every outdoor scene. And you'd think, oh, that might be kind of annoying. No, they are like melded into the scenery because if you've ever been like in a really rural area, the just over like the sounds of bugs and frogs just overpowering just standard scenery. Yeah, it, it, it vibes. It, there, There is no silence. There is simply the sound of of the woods. The onomatopoeia fades into visual noise, much like how the chittering cicadas and croaking frogs fades into uh, audio noise. And uh, that is but one aspect of this shockingly immersive manga. <laughs> like, horror and suspense is a very immersive genre overall, and it's a great way to start off October. But this manga really, like, grabs your uh, attention off the bat because... We have our our two heroes here, or our two prospective characters, uh, Yoshiki and Hikaru, uh, enjoying their pitiful haul of ice cream from the corner shop. And Yoshiki, uh, they're just chatting, having a grand old time, doing their usual uh, banter back and forth. And Yoshiki asks, hey, about that time you vanished for a week on the mountain, <laughs> at which point I'm like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> This kid vanished for a week on a mountainside in the middle of bumping rural nowhere. That happens occasionally. It happens occasionally. And Hikaru is just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> don't remember any of it. Pretty weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty weird, especially how different you are from him. I thought my imitation was perfect. As his face starts melting into tentacles. <laughs> It's such a good thing because it's the exact same panel, like the full page art, 
of Hikaru kind of just giving a very realistic, like, what do you mean? Like a very like surprised by your friend going like, you're not the same person. Flip the page to his face melting on one side to become some kind of like extra dimensional, like pastiche of color and shapes that are beyond human understanding. Uh Uh-huh. I love the design of the body snatcher or Lord Brain Snatcher, we learn he's called. But it's like octopus tentacles and like the images of cells you get on petri dishes and it's all kind of melted together and like surrealist art in yeah, a it's, way like it's a different art style from sometimes some character like some like horror character reactions will be in a semi similar style but it's always at least a slightly different style from everything else it's more it's more art piece than sequential art and this horrific entity is reaching out towards Yoshiki, and I love my boy's expression because he has a look on his face like, uh, "Oh, I, I was, I, I did not expect. Oh, I'm actually right. <laughs> I neither expected this nor was I prepared for this." Um, yeah, this manga jumps straight into telling you what's going on, and I appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as soon as it's like the monster is like, "Oh, you have." revealed my deception i will now uh bear my true horrific visage to you you expect yushiki to die and clearly he expects it too judging by the wide-eyed look of terror on his face and then the not hikaru hugs him begging him to tell nobody because he just wants to live a normal life as a human and he truly loves yushiki and I wouldn't want to have to kill you is what kind of brings the whole mood down on this. And I love it. Uh-huh. There's a look of resignation in uh, Yashiki's eye, which is, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird because it's like resignation, but then also kind of like hope and delusion. And like mm-hmm. Yoshiki is a very complicated individual and it's very interesting. He absolutely has some severe darkness in his past that is hinted at and never really explained but it feels genuine and uh we get what is kind of the emotional crux of the manga going forward is after uh you know the hug by the body snatcher uh there is a panel of just blackness with white text saying no matter what hikaru is already gone so even if it's fake i still want him to be with me i just need him by my side i get it's good to see you hikaru oh boy what a way to start (laughs) yeah it's um that's that's mainly the uncomfortable feeling you'll be feeling the entire time you're reading this is um wow Uh, that's uh that's a lot (laughs) Mm-hmm. My, my boy is really huffing that copium. Oh my, yeah. that That is all Yoshiki does this entire manga, is just huff copium. The next time we see him is he's waking up from a dream, remembering the last time he saw Hikaru alive, the real one, uh, where he went to catch up with his friend in at the hall in school, and is like, hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm heading up the mountain. What for? Eh, it's a secret. And he pulls a goofy expression. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go do creepy mountain stuff. Didn't your <laughs> dad just die in the mountains? We haven't gotten to that part in the story. <laughs> nope. Nobody found a body. He just disappeared. But left his hat and shirt at home. 
<laughs> the only hat and shirt he ever wore, according to the flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you don't have a body, he's not dead. That's how it works. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's here where we enter the first portion of our reading, which is Yoshiki desperately trying to cope with his uh, feelings of immense grief. <laughs> because really what is crushing down on him now, we get it. It's kind of explained in a different angle a little later, but what we're getting right now is him fully coming to terms with the fact his friend is dead and is grieving while still going around and hanging out with that friend. Mm -hmm. Because the Hikaru that he's hanging out with does have his friend's memories and his friend's personality, but different. It's all uh, artificial. This Hikaru hasn't experienced those things. It only remembers them. Yeah, and they kind of try and actually explain it a few times, but then they also make it very clear that there's just an inherent, like, kind of eldritch otherness to it. Um, like, uh, one example is they bring up the dragonflies from summer and the dragonflies from fall. They're summer darters <laughs> and autumn darters. And I can't explain to you the difference between them. You just have to know. They look identical, but they're not the same thing. Do you get the metaphor? <laughs> you know, it, it's hilarious. It's kind of funny. Uh, chapter two is all about exploring how not Hikaru is different from the genuine article, so to say. Can, can we talk about what the fuck is the movie they're watching in school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. why are they watching that in school? I, they're watching a movie in school where a woman is being uh, sexually assaulted. Well, domestically abused, I thought. Like, it was him complaining about chores not being done or something. So Yeah, I, yeah, it's something like that. Why? I, I, I assumed they weren't watching a sexual abuse thing in school, but actually, you know what? That makes just as much sense. And apparently it's something they've seen so often. The rest of the class has fallen asleep in boredom. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, Meanwhile, was... not Hikaru is like crying because he's empathizing with the woman in the movie. We don't know that for sure. He might be empathizing with the man. <laughs> uh, he doesn't say. He doesn't say. I'm not sure how uh, joking you are with that, uh, Matt, because that kind of... That kind of lines up with my read. But that's what all of chapter two is. It's uh, Yoshiki and not Hikaru going about and doing daily life stuff and not Hikaru reacting like, whoa, this is amazing. We've done this a thousand times. Well, yeah, you and Hikaru did it a thousand times, but it's all new to me, even if I remember it. And yeah. funnily, funnily enough, it made me think of our last Eden Zero reading? Okay. Well, because of the bit where it's like, well, technically we have a backup of Valkyrie, but even if we upload the Valkyrie, uh, upload the backup to a new body, it's still not the same Valkyrie. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Then I get where you're going with that. And. Oh, boy. Uh, can't wait to get to the next Eden Zero. Because <laughs> <laughs> that theme keeps coming up. But uh, uh, in this, uh, uh, there's a there's a local cat. Uh, Big Brother Mincemeat. <laughs> I like how this this cat is being given the uh, the title of Anaki. Well, because he's he's the king of the streets. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. I, I just love the fact when cats are drawn with really fat testicles. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll never not make that funny. I did not expect to see cat balls when I read this manga, but you know what? 
He's so out of things I wasn't expecting reading this manga. The cat is so fat, too. (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. it's just a lot of cat to love. He's he's a chonky boy, uh, mincemeat Anaki. But uh, he does not like not Hikaru. And it seems like, oh, the cat with its enhanced animal senses can detect that this is an alien being. But funnily enough, we learn later that mincemeat wasn't all that fond of original Hikaru either. They save that bit for later, but, uh, you know, the idea of there, there's almost a little bit of a, a ship of Theseus element to it of uh, how many pieces do you need to remove before it stops being the thing? They never expressly name drop the ship of Theseus, but it comes up a lot thematically. But yeah, the, the main takeaway from this entire thing is they keep going on all these adventures like Hikaru is trying some food for the first time and it's weird. And my read is Yoshiki is going through all of this because he just wants to spend time with his friend. Mm-hmm. But he, um, he's he, grinning and bearing the utterly bizarre and genuinely horrifying situation. And it, and it really strikes me as Hikaru has completely moved on with the fact, oh, cool, he knows my secret. That means we can bond even closer. Whereas Yoshiki's like... I agreed to being okay with this in the moment, but every second I'm having to endure it further is making me realize how much I hate this. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this is a waking hell. And the way their emotions are just juxtaposed on top of each other, I love. And uh, this is also where we start getting uh, a lot of the imagery and story writing about how Yoshiki definitely has a lot of feelings for Hikaru that were not expressed when bo- when the man was alive. Yeah, yeah, uh, they don't they don't spend a lot of time beating around this bush. But um, what comes off as I really like my friend quickly becomes I really like my friend. He's because gay. Good for them. <laughs> well, Yoshiki's gay. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. They keep writing around what it is that uh, Hikaru uh, took to his grave. No, they don't. (laughs) It's pretty obvious what my boy's into. (laughs) We'll get there when we get there, but I... Yeah, we we will get there. We have a moment that just had my particular, you know, mystery-solving brain churning a little bit at the end of uh, Chapter 2 where they're walking home. Uh, Well, they have an encounter with a gross old lady who sees Hikaru and screams, Ah, it's Lord Brain Snatcher! Stay away! Which, uh, all right. That that Mm -hmm. feels a lot like the guy from The Thing who was yelling in, uh, I think it was Finnish at the dog, where it's like, if you only understood the context, you would know the depths of horror you have sunk into. But um, uh, not Hikaru feels the need to explain after Yoshiki's like, so Hikaru's really dead, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I'm this body is warm and has a pulse, but he's long gone. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't kill him. He was already dying when I found him. And like, you know how that doesn't make it better, right, guy? (laughs) Well, no, because it's an eldritch uh, creature from beyond human imagining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the point. That doesn't make it better. In some ways, that makes it worse. Because if you had killed and replaced Hikaru, that at least is a simple black and white, you're the monster and I can hate you situation. But 
Hikaru was already dying for unknown reasons. You found him while he was dying and then took over his body. And now you come up to me with all of his memories saying that you like me so damn much. That's more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't the scene where he, he does the thing that made me really grossed out, but like Hikaru with the quotation marks is um, very open with his emotions mm -hmm. in a way that could definitely be interpreted as genuine, but also kind of weirdly like the demons and what we read last time has a lot of the same air of I will say a thing and I want a positive reaction from it. Oh, good. What I said was good. I said I said the correct thing. I said the correct, uh, you know, word. Mm. I have won the speech check. Yeah. And um, as if the parting of the two boys didn't uh, unsettle oneself enough, uh, we end that chapter with the with the old woman crouched in her little hovel, I huddled so. in fear. Is it a hovel or is it an apartment? Like, I think I, it's just a really I, dirty apartment. Yeah, it's a really dirty apartment. Uh, yeah. I, I also thought the woman was homeless, so I was confused. But yeah, it's, it's a really dirty, unkempt apartment. And a voice calling out her name is approaching the door. And it's speaking in the same Kansai dialect that Hikaru uses. But spoiler alert, this is a rural region and everybody has a Kansai dialect. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> The the translation is a little hard to read at times. It's it, a little shaky. They're all very they're all like they're on the set of a Western. It gets to that point at times. Mm -hmm. like, oh, it yeah. depends on the scene. Yeah. What's your yammering about over there, Maki? Oh, but I, I love the scene with the person saying, hey, I've got a delivery for you. I've got a delivery for you. It's late. Go away. No, it needs to be signed for right now. Are you there? Are you home? I know you're home. And then the voice is coming from like multiple places outside. I know you're home. I know. And it's just like, ooh, that is that is some top tier eldritch horror of like, this is what a delivery person does. I am a delivery person. I am a delivery person. Sign for the package. Open up, open up, open up. And it's great use of uh, comic, like, visual language mm -hmm. by having the speech bubble, like, arrows coming from different directions that could be just, like, the same thing being repeated over and over. Or, like Matt said, it's the same voice coming from multiple different places. And then it finally ends with the amazing line of just, like, I'm already inside. And that speech bubble comes from behind her. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I made the dire mistake of reading that at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love how we don't find this out until, um, for some reason, the the school teacher at the school the next day proceeds to go into graphic detail what happened when the police found this body. Yeah, the teacher's a real weirdo. But we fi find out what happened was this woman shoved her own hand down her throat and choked herself to death. Which means natural causes. Something took over her hand and killed mm -hmm. her. I was like, why the hell is the teacher saying this? And then I remember that the opening dialogue of chapter one is complaining about this teacher being a weirdo. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's uh, consistent, at least. Oh, I, I, I personally like uh, the teacher trying to reassure the class that it's, it's been ruled as natural causes because she choked. 
on her own fist. What? <laughs> and the, the entire reason for telling them was like, if you see some police cars, don't get alarmed. It was just someone who choked themselves to death by swallowing their fist. Meanwhile, Yoshiki's just like, wait, you can put your entire fist inside a body? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're not there yet. We're a chapter away from that yet. But, um, yeah, no, the teacher's super weird. And um, we get the friends because Yoshiki has multiple friends, which is amazing. Uh, Antisocial goth boy number 572. He's got a shockingly tight circle of friends. I think they're mostly Hikaru's friends. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Probably. The whole deal is because they're from a small village. They go to a school that's kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of different towns. And Hikaru and Yoshiki are the only two kids around his age group from the village. And they mm. go to this school and there's some other people whose names I totally remember. Huh? <laughs> uh, short haired kid is Maki. And that's all I remember. We then have goth girl and Genki girl. Uh, I like Genki girl. I, I like Genki girl. I wish I remembered her name. Genki girl is great because her speech bubbles have emoticons in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, this this manga has a very uh what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uchronia. Uh a very Uchronia aesthetic where like it could theoretically take place at any like time of modern day Japan or even like 60s, 70s onwards. Uh but then they also have smartphones and play Smash Brothers on the Switch. Hey, hey, Sam, I want to make you feel old. Having smartphones and playing Smash Brothers doesn't actually tie this down to any time. But they use the Switch, Matt. No, they don't. What, what, they use uh, a thing that could equally be a Wii U gamepad. You're looking at about 10 years, if not more. Oh, my God. And wasn't Pikmin on the on the Wii U at one point? Yep, yep. Yes, Pikmin yes, 3 came out for the Wii U. Oh no, because in one of the sketches, Hikaru is playing, or not Hikaru, uh, Yoshiki is playing Pikmin on a con on a handheld. And it oh, that could be a Wii U gamepad. No! It could happen <laughs> whenever. Ah, it is a Uchronia. Oh. <laughs> but uh, that, that uh, Deluge, or that, that distraction bought me enough time. Uh, Genki Girl is a Sako, and I love her. Yeah, Sako <laughs> is great. Yuki is the other girl who definitely exists. But uh, I looked this up because Maki, the guy with the buzz cut, is um, complaining about how he's so scared. Mm -hmm. He's so scared because he can't go home. That because of the because of the police presence due to the murder, they've gone and blocked off the uh, tunnel that he usually takes to get home. So now he has to take the w scary walk through the spooky woods. And come on, dude, just please, please walk with me. I promise I'm not scared. I just need somebody there so I can be brave. <laughs> bro, come on, bro, please. I don't think I will. No. <laughs> What you so you're saying you're too afraid to look into the forest? No, I'm explaining to you. My eyes literally can't look into the forest. They're directed onto the path ahead. I think we're saying the same thing. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> if you look into the forest, you die. And then the girls are like, "Whoa, that sounds so creepy." I'm totally in. Let's do it. And then Yoshiki is just like, eh, whatever. But then Hikaru is just like, no, that sounds really interesting. I'm super involved in this plan, which creeps Yoshiki out. Mm -hmm. 
I want to go too. Come on. Don't you have anything better to do, Yoshiki? I uh, guess not. And here's where we get the first hints that um, Asa is a bit more sensitively attuned to these things as uh, we have a panel of her looking at uh, Hikaru like something is up. Yeah, I actually forgot that was a thing, but there there's a really um, it's really cleverly and quietly woven into the scene because um, uh, the other girl uh, mentions uh, that. Yeah, that one. Uh, she mentions that uh, Hikaru is awful with scary movies. And then they they, they have a funny uh, Yamcha explosion death pose <laughs> reference. I wanted to, I wanted to point that out because it's funny, but like. It, it is the Wilhelm scream of manga, as you said, Matt. <laughs> you know, he brushes it off, but like there's a uh, reaction where Asaka specifically looks at uh, Yushiki first and sees that he just sort of like glumly accepts this. And that's mm -hmm. when she starts like ha having like, like she starts she starts sweating and gets uh, Jinji Ito swirls in her eyes. She she either looks like a Jinji Ito character or a uh, or a Chainsaw Man character, <laughs> depending on the close up. She looks like she'd murder Denji after making out with him. I mean, I'm, you're not most wrong. people would, but <laughs> it's her friend. It's her friend who looks like she would bite out his tongue mid kiss. But uh, they go and reach the spooky forest trail and they start making their way inside. And hey, it's when I've got friends here. It's just a forest trail. This isn't so bad. All right, gang, let's move on. Man, it sure is nice to be in the shade. It's been such a hot summer. Let's keep moving. And Yoshiki happens to glance to the side and sees. Is that a is that an art mistake? Why is there that? Is that a is sound it, effect? Why is there that weirdly clear floating kanji in the shadows of the deep woods? How weird it's moving. It's moving. It's resolving into a face. Oh, it is. It is a uh, disturbingly long neck attached to a head with hair that I, long I, white hair. I love the reaction panel of Yoshiki, like freaked out about this turning around. And then the background is completely gone. And it is just a pure white panel of Hikaru looking at Yoshiki going like. You saw it. That's not good. Oh, man. I guess you'll have to come with me then. And then the next panel, because it's still this like blank white void, blank white void. I guess you'll have to just come with me then. Next panel, a close up of Yoshiki and something behind him right over his shoulder. Mm hmm. And he has a completely dead expression like he's passed out on his feet. And there's a loud bang. Hikaru stumbles back like he got a bullet to the head. And then he just kind of straightens up like, oh, yep, got a nosebleed. I'm cool. Anyway, everyone good? We're all good. All right, let's move. Also, well, because the girls had already walked away at this point was really the main thing. And uh, they dropped off mm. uh, Maki, I think his name was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. They dropped off Maki at where he needed to go on the other side of the tunnel. So it's really just the two boys in here. And God, the, the dialogue here is really what cemented my opinion on th these characters was Hikaru going like, hey, I'm going to need you to only focus on me. Don't look off the road. Just look at me and only me and don't look at anyone else ever. Don't look at anyone but me. Only me. Only me. And everything will be just fine. What? 
that was really possessive. Uh-huh. And the entire time he's like grabbing Yoshiki's like shirt sleeve and dragging him along. Like, come on, keep walking. What? We just got to get out of here. Don't look. If they catch sight of one, tell me and just keep looking at me. And I'll snort them up like a line of blow. Uh, that's not yeah. a joke, by the way. That's actually what the bang was. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Hikaru can grab the other yokai demon thing and crumpled it up and shoved it inside of himself to eat it, I, I guess. I think it's pretty clear at this point they're evil spirits. So I, I, I think yokai is a good enough term. Uh, we get it confirmed a little bit later that that's probably what Hikaru is as well. Mm-hmm. So he's some sort of yokai or evil spirit, or uh, I guess yeah. technically we shouldn't be judgmental. He is some kind of spirit <laughs> that does very evil sounding <laughs> things. No, he's definitely the color out of space. He is, but he's he's also not an alien. I guess is where I'm coming with this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of old gods of Appalachia vibes from this. It's like uh, rural, isolated, mountainous region, uh, weird demons in the woods, very gay. <laughs> old gods of Appalachia. It's it's very it's very tied to the location. But uh, now that that harrowing experience is over, we have chapter four. <laughs> I love the opening of this chapter because it shows the two boys in the storage closet of the gym in what appears to be a makeout scene. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they're probably just framing this so it's not as sexual as it seems. And no. that's technically true. And then quickly <laughs> becomes not true. No, because like uh, Yashiki is like sitting on some folded up uh, platforms. Hikaru is standing right in front of him, unbuttoning his shirt. They're both silhouetted against the light of the window. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's, it's leading up to the stereotype that like hooking up in the gym closet is kind of like a makeout point in Japanese fiction. Like it, it's just... It's an isolated area where you can be horny teenagers. Like, mm. I th- are they middle schoolers? I think. Oh, I, I want to say that sounds right. I think I they're think, high schoolers, yeah, but I, I could I, be wrong. I'm not sure because I don't remember if Yoshiki's sister is older or younger. All I know is that oh. she's not. Go- All I know is that Yoshiki's sister isn't going to high school, and it's like a source of shame for the family. One of many that's. I'm pretty sure she's younger. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. I looked it up. Uh, Yoshiki is 17, so he's in high school, which makes sense because I now remember one of the flashbacks was him worried about where he was going to go to college. Mm, Yeah, but uh, it looks like uh, we're about to get we're about to get real yaoi in here. There's a lot of boys love going on. (laughs) And then we smash cut to uh, Hikaru getting face shot (laughs) by a volleyball. (laughs) So you're like very funny. Is it, and I was just like, okay, so was that like a fantasy he was having? Because at this point, Yoshiki is very gay for Hikaru. Oh uh, my god, so much. And uh, no, uh, th- this was, um, we had the flash forward, and now we're back to the present of the story with uh, Hikaru getting a ball hard to the face. <laughs> Which conveniently is shouldn't be that big of a deal, because by the end of the next scene, he has two in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
a oh, dumb oh. joke. Also, <laughs> the, the one who spiked the volleyball into Hikaru's face was Asa, and <laughs> I... She, she's super sorry, man. <laughs> I, I love Asako because she is ranked second in height among the friend group, but first in arm wrestling strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she powerful. And low-key, I don't know if she did that to, like, see if it bleeds or if it was a genuine accident. <laughs> it kind of depends. Depends on what happens immediately subsequent our reading, but uh, we didn't read that, so <laughs> we'll, we may never know. We may never know. <laughs> Yashiki takes Not Hikaru to the infirmary, where um, he got kind of hecked up by that uh, blast to the face. Uh, he's got a bloody nose. He fell so hard he skinned his arm, and it's like, doesn't that hurt? I mean, I guess technically, but I don't really feel pain. Oh, huh. he can he can turn he can turn the pain and the healing on and off. He can also turn his heartbeat on and off. We learned from one of the uh, <laughs> end of volume four comas later. Yeah, I like the the thing about how um, he, he could he could heal those wounds whenever he wants. He just has to think about healing them. And sometimes he forgets they're there. <laughs> Since it doesn't hurt and they're not life threatening, he doesn't pay attention to them. And it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, this is a bloody nose, but it's like from actual damage to the body. It's sort of like what happened on the forest path the other day. Yeah, when you went and absorbed that thing, I still don't understand what you did there. Well, I mean, hey, I put it inside of me. I know. After school, I'll show you my insides and then you'll understand. And I'm like, OK, buddy, <laughs> you want to do you want to see what it's like inside of me? Do you want to feel what it's like inside of me? Do you want to put your hand inside? I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> and that's when it cuts back to the uh, the opening page <laughs> with them in the storage room. <laughs> and Hikaru is unbuttoning his shirt and he is, ooh, ooh, shirtless man. And then he has a vagina on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hole like right at his sternum. Just a black vertical void right there. And and if you're like me, dear reader, you're like, OK, this was the lead up with the pervy nonsense. And now it's just going to be straight horror. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> because Yoshiki is like, what the hell is I, that? Do you want to try putting your hand in it? I don't. What do you mean? Sh grabs Yoshiki's hand shoves his hand or his wrist and shoves his hand inside here you go and I, i'm just gonna tell you dear reader if you were wondering um hey why was this episode marked explicit <laughs> well as we're going to describe this scene so i'm just feeling the need if you don't if you're listening to this car and you don't want people to go man why are they describing why the insides of this uh boy he's 17 why the insides of this boy feel like cold chicken cutlets <laughs> Or warm chicken cutlets, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to just grab the wrist and shove inside for fisting. Well, if you're bold. Um, <laughs> As always, we don't kink shame on the Overmog cast. <laughs> but maybe we should. We kink ask why. Man, why was Jay not here? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, someone needs to show her just this chapter after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Because, man, this is Hikaru 
holding Yoshiki's hand and like pushing him further in, going like, oh yeah, it feels good in me, doesn't it? Ooh, ooh yeah, feel around in there. Isn't it gross and warm? <laughs> and, and we have an entire page of just that weird sort of Rorschach eyes and tentacles and cell like blob art style. And it's really cool and impactful. But then it will just cut to the scene of a guy like, like elbow deep inside his friend going like, yeah, it's been a while since I've had something alive inside me. It feels so weird when you move around. <laughs> warm. I haven't felt something alive in there in a long time. I'll keep going. It splits why, all the way up my neck. <laughs> why don't you try raising your hand? Ah, that felt good. And he's like, leaning over like his legs have gone weak like <laughs> like this isn't this isn't for the joke implied sex dialogue they're just having yeah. sex it if, if it was not for the eldritch hand shoved inside void it would have just been a blowjob <laughs> no sam they're just having sex it's just the orifice they're using does not exist on human anatomy <laughs> uh-huh this feels good it's like you're petting my head but i've never been touched there before what a weird sentence <laughs> uh-huh. okay i'm gonna shove the rest of you inside what no i'm not cool with that <laughs> yeah boundaries boundaries you started sucking me in <laughs> surprised i'm not that dirt i'm not that dirty i'm withdrawing and, consent <laughs> and and it's yoshiki on the on the folded up equipment and shirtless Sakaru standing there over him. Just like, oh my God. Yeah, this was, um, <laughs> oh, hey, you're staring at my, uh, open shirt. I mean, I'll give you nosebleed worthy service. And he flares his shirt out more. Like, what are you, some kind of dumb barbarian? Let's just leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> Do you get the metaphor? The subtext just becomes text because Mm -hmm. I guess I I don't understand these feelings I'm having. I am exploring them and I am not comfortable with the rate at which it's happening. I I love how dumb this makes Yoshiki because like it we get more explanation later for this, but I'll just go ahead and shove this here because it feels appropriate. The main juxtaposition and reason why Yoshiki sees something off about Hikaru is that the Hikaru he's talking to with the quotation marks, the body snatcher, is way more open with his emotions in such a way that seems that his feelings are reciprocated. When we get flashback Hikaru, that is a boy who seems disgusted by the very idea of male affection. Like... Mm-hmm. One of the flashbacks is, yo, when you move to Tokyo, you're going to have your own apartment. I'm going to come over there and take so many hits in your bathroom. I'm going to take a hit in your bathroom every single time I'm there. And then when you get a girlfriend, she's going to be like, ew, why is your friend taking so many hits in our bathroom? And I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's my friend. And then Yoshiki's only response to that is like, why do you think I'd have a girlfriend? You're always weird when we talk about girls, man. (laughs) And like, the whole thing is, the whole thing that causes Yoshiki to go like, that's not my Hikaru, is because he's just like, yeah, that was a guy who hugged me and told me he loved me. That's not Hikaru. 
Hikaru wouldn't return my homosexual affections for him. Hikaru mm-hmm. wouldn't tell me to fist him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, buddy, you're being manipulated by someone who's playing into your sexual fantasies because they want something from you. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's really like, sad. <laughs> like in one read, it okay. One read that like immediately came to my mind as I was going through this was um. The Hikaru being dead is a metaphor for suddenly something has changed in Hikaru's personal life and he is reciprocating Yoshiki's feelings in a way Yoshiki isn't used to. And so it seems like Hikaru is an entirely different person. The guy he knew was dead and now this new guy is more affectionate with the same face. And that's good, but that's also bad. Mm hmm. And like that's that's one read that's the one that immediately came to my mind. Your read, Matt, is also very valid because we are given so many opportunities to see not Hikaru as this amoral alien entity, again, like the demons from Freyren. I I don't know. My my main takeaway is I love the juxtaposition of Yoshiki very seriously going like, it's weird. Hikaru and the doppelganger are very similar. In fact, some could say they're identical, but there is just something different about them that I don't really know how to put a finger on it. Meanwhile, it's the flash- gay. Meanwhile, flashback Hikaru was just like, yo, boy, you want to go crush some puss? I love fucking ladies. It's so <laughs> cool. Meanwhile, current Hikaru, yeah, I'll do whatever you want, Yoshiki. I'll be your plaything. Please do me. Do me like one of your French boys. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what the difference is. I wonder is. what the difference is. I'll have tender man-on-man sensual moments with you. Oh, I now, love put it. Your, now put your arm inside me so I can absorb you. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess since we're we're talking about like these different interpretations, uh, the uh, the my read of this situation uh, uh, mostly centers around the idea of Yoshiki is in a literal abusive relationship with a personification of grief. Mm-hmm. He's being he's being manipulated because like there are cases where not Hikaru oversteps his bounds and then guilt trips Yoshiki into thinking he's the one who transgressed. You're the one uh, who wanted this, right? What do you mean? You're pulling away. Like they it is it is basically said out loud multiple times that this, you know, alien not Hikaru Hikaru is a representation of Yoshiki's grief. Like he diegetically recognizes that is something that is true. Also, mm-hmm. but like that's also that is also the metacontextual narrative is um is scene also where he gets the like hikaru kind of lashes out and like grips him a little too hard or does that happen uh, that doesn't happen quite yet okay. we have well, we'll get there yeah we have a we have a bit more of yoshiki's kind of like desperate attempt at a daily life mm-hmm. as these emotions are weighing down on him we have the most relatable scene in the entire manga which is yoshiki goes to the supermarket somebody recognizes him he does not know who they are and they start talking about his family and he just kind of tunes out <laughs> and i'm like you're so seen <laughs> hey i i know you i don't know you oh you know my family okay <laughs> i worked in a grocery store in a small town 
the amount of people who came up to me and said, hey, Sam, how's your dad doing? Who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm your dad's cousin. You are? Okay. And I, I would not say that aloud, but it showed very much on my face, kind <laughs> of like Yoshiki. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Yoshiki just blue screening. This is also the big grocery store in the next town over is the fun part mm -hmm. because um, his little sister has eclectic taste and wanted some like garlic paste or something. It's something weird old men like apparently spicy wasabi. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. For, and... for, for a young girl, she <laughs> likes better food a lot. Yeah, I want to I know what's up with his little sister, because... Yeah, they, she's, I feel like she, she's been I feel built like she, up a lot. I feel like she has an entire other manga's worth of drama going on. Yeah, we, we don't actually go much into Yoshiki's home life, but we get a lot of bits and pieces that it's probably not all Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Or perhaps too many guns and not enough roses. Yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not all guns and roses. That is the new uh, sunshine and rainbows. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Uh, when they go to America later in the manga, it will make more sense then. <laughs> uh, but um, we get uh, we get introduced to the only other named character in the official character list. Uh, official the. <laughs> wiki uh Bayashi, which is a housewife who um is it implied she moved his bike or I his bike so. was moved for some reason something about his bike happened that gave him pause which allowed this random housewife to come over and grab his arm and be like i understand what is happening to you you cannot allow that thing to continue to stay near you you are in danger you have to stop who are you here take my con I can Here. smell it on you. Did you fist a ghost? Did you fist a ghost? <laughs> Do you have the gay on you, boy? Well, it's not. It's, she's not worried about the gay. She is very. I know. She's yeah, very much don't have sex with ghosts. As we find out, that's something she might have experience with. I, I mean, I, she I, basically I, says it out loud. I make several jokes in the outline calling her homophobic, but like it, she's clearly not concerned about the same about the about the same sex situation. She's concerned. She's concerned about the manipulative eldritch entities. Yeah. I do like the metaphor that she's like, I can smell the gay on you, boy. Good art has multiple readings. I, I, I really don't like the idea, though, that we're going to like vilify the one person trying to get Yoshiki out of this abusive relationship. He's yeah. In. Oh, no, yeah. It, you are entirely right in that. She desperately is trying to save this kid. Yeah, because because when she when she finds out. She well, she finds out the full circumstance and she's surprised but doesn't particularly care. Yeah, she basically gives him her contact information. It's like, hey, if you do any weird ghost, <laughs> let me know. And he's just like, yeah, whatever, weird lady. I'm going to go feed my ghost boyfriend some watermelon. When Yukaro heard that Yoshiki wanted to come and like mow down some seed and then smash, really not what he thought was going to happen. But, you know, he's on board for it as well. It's another, you know, sort of domestic moment with... Um, not Hikaru and uh, Yoshiki and it the, the stuff that we've mentioned uh, multiple times. The, they have some homoerotic tension in here, which would be a lot more impactful if the last chapter wasn't him fisting him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what are you doing watching me with my shirt off while I lay down asleep? I've been inside you. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of hard to uh, go back to the sexual tension 
of like the panels clearly from Yoshiki's perspective, focusing on his neck, his exposed stomach, his feet. And it's I like, I love the fact that we're seeing his vision and he consciously skips over the groin. <laughs> it goes like, ooh, face, neck, uh, feet, looking at his feet. Definitely, definitely not thinking about looking at his dick at all. He's, he's wearing boxers too, so. I just like how... Um, Yoshiki is in a very generic outfit, you know, T-shirt, shorts, baseball cap. And <laughs> Hikaru calls him out for like, you look like a pro tag from a Pokemon game. Yeah. You look like red. But yeah, uh, this chapter is literally he brought over some watermelon. Uh, Hikaru's mom is a character who definitely exists. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> She's like an adult in the peanuts always off screen. Like she gets talked about a lot too. Apparently, like Hikaru's dad and her had like a falling out a bit, and like, and then he vanished. Yeah, surprising. Mm -hmm. Little did you know, this is actually a murder podcast. We tricked you. (laughs) (laughs) Why did Hikaru's mom murder his dad? Well, if that was if that was the revelation that the series is building up to, uh, honestly, that would be the least surprising thing the manga's done up to this point. I'm not gonna lie. I want to know what's up with Hikaru's mom, because you would think if anyone would notice something weird with her son, it'd be her. But counterpoint, apparently the only difference between fake Hikaru and real Hikaru is how gay real Hikaru or fake Hikaru is now. So maybe mom doesn't notice. Oh, no, that means Asako's homophobic. (laughs) No. Oh, that docs character points. Okay, back in reality land. yeah, there's also there's also some level of implication that there may have been parental neglect, possibly. Uh, the reason I I get that impression is that there's the way that they talk about it, the uh, Hikaru's parents are too busy fighting each other to be parents in Hikaru's life. Mm-hmm. So them missing details about Hikaru that the Eldritch Abomination doesn't get quite right. I, I buy that at least as far as they've been presented thus far. I really liked this chapter a lot because this is uh, Yoshiki reaching his breaking point of, can I really stomach to continue acting like everything is normal? Like me coming over on a summer day with with a snack to share with my friend. That's so normal, but this isn't my friend. This is a monster. A monster I've had shockingly intimate contact with. I was about to say, it's also the weird juxtaposition of this is a friend you've just hooked up with and now just trying to hang out with them is weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> like. And I love <laughs> I love the panel of uh, Hikaru or not Hikaru, uh, Yoshiki. And the speech bubbles are his conflicting thoughts. And instead of the normal like speech bubble arrows, their hands grabbing onto his shoulders and back and dragging him down. You can you can see the uh, the hands like creating indents in his shirt, stopping mm-hmm. him from moving forward. How can you be so carefree? How is he's already dead? You know that. How can you just act like nothing's wrong? You're the only one who knows. And that's when he caves and texts the the random housewife who accosted him outside the supermarket. And then in incredibly healthy behavior, Hikaru's mom 
specifically asks Yoshiki to help her with something. I think it's because she wanted to, him to. She take wanted something. Yoshiki to take something to his mom. Oh right, right, right. So he he heads into the kitchen for a second, leaves his phone on the table, and then Hikaru, being a completely not abusive boyfriend, proceeds to immediately go through Yoshiki's phone the second it has a notification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Huh, what's this name I don't recognize texting him? Who it's more, is it's more so, how dare anyone text him who isn't me? <laughs> mm. Shiki goes to meet with the, with the housewife. With they Kobe go to America. <laughs> they go to America. They go to the American diner. I love it. <laughs> I love how, she, like, bless her heart, Kurbayashi-san is genuinely trying to help this kid but also ooh, i never get to come here let me get the big parfait <laughs> oh my god yeah this she keeps trying to bring levity into the situation and it's not working because yashiki is a sad boy when he is not in a relationship with an eldritch abomination I mean, <laughs> that's also, taken the place of his dead friend it also has the problem that it's i don't know if anyone's been in this situation before but it's when you like decide you've got to meet someone to have a very serious conversation and you decide okay we'll go meet over like a meal at a restaurant forgetting the fact the conversation you have is going to sour anything you order at that like Uh because it takes time for your food to get there so that's when you're going to talk about the serious and then what happens is they have a very serious conversation that's very souring and then it's punctuated comedically with the jumbo american sundae (laughs) At the end, just like, here it is. Oh, <laughs> I've not been in that s- situation specifically, but I've been in something adjacent enough to know. But yeah, they uh, they have a conversation where she kind of reveals her situation is her husband died or supposedly died because the person who came back was not her husband, but was, you know, close enough. Mm-hmm. And she was fine with maintaining that illusion for the sake of the kids and sake her. of herself yeah mm-hmm. and herself. there's a there's a big element of because like specifically what she's warning is you are not accepting the grief of losing your friend you're using this rep- this replacement thing as a crutch mm-hmm. i've been there and it will only cause scars and, you know, the, the it will only cause metaphorical scars in a like outside of the universe. This is what the metaphor is context. Uh, but uh, we, we've got actual Eldritch abominations. It will cause literal scars. I, My uh, son has those. I, I love when she goes. Whatever that thing is, it's not a replacement for the thing you loved. Also. Weird that it's your friend. I could have sworn it was a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she makes that. People are she, gay, Karen. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, she makes that comment and then she just kind of moves on like, I kind of expected it would be a girlfriend, she, but OK. She was just like, that was weird. I'm still 100 percent helping with this. Just I know. I know. I feel bad for making all these. They're easy jokes. jokes. About her, They're easy jokes. It's easy. not accurate. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, essentially what happened was her ghost husband was close enough to last about three years. But what was wrong with him was he was not actually the person she loved and also would get into these violent tempers when things didn't go his way. And one of those, he lashed out at their son 
and left a scar on their son that will never heal. And she says that like it's metaphorical, except we get some characters later on that mean, no, that could literally be a scar that does not heal. Yeah, that can be anything from like an emotional wound to an actual like cursed bleeding wound. Yeah. But at that point, she kicked out her husband and then has been living without him ever since. And the longer you stay around that thing, the more it seeps into you, takes you over. Also, you haven't noticed anything weird happening in your town, like unexplained murders or ghosts appearing, because the more you deal with ghosts, the creepier things get around them. No, definitely not. Except there was a really weird murder. No, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like <laughs> she she basically explicitly says, look, I know the mountain where that thing came from always felt super weird. And then it didn't anymore. And now this thing is happening with you. Look, I don't have any empirical evidence, but it's a pretty safe assumption. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure a super yokai is that had been keeping the monsters in the woods uh, in check is now uh, masquerading as your or boyfriend close friend close friend is definitely what the the read is <laughs> they've had sex but that's just because they're friends with benefits <laughs> oh my god they were roommates <laughs> that was the plan was they would be roommates except he would just take shits in his <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be sharing a bathroom well no that's real hikaru's plan not fake hikaru's <laughs> yeah real hikaru just wanted to be roommates but yeah um so this life advice kind of sends um, Hikaru into a spiral. I'm blanking. Is this when we get the the like for some reason the class has a lesson on the swamp man or no, that's uh, that is later. Okay. Um, this is where we get the uh, uh, most explicit case of uh, this is a, an abusive relationship because. Uh, like, oh, my God. Yeah, because he's just like he's <laughs> sitting in class. Hey, you know, it's a half day. We can leave early. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going through some stuff. Also, Hikaru is looking for you. I'm going through some stuff. Could you tell him to go home without me? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell him you're here. Why would you do that? No, I, I love this. I love the panel of um, Goth Girl. I don't remember her name. Yuki. Um, Yuki. Yuki is talking with him. It's like, uh, why don't you just leave? We have a half day. And Yoshiki's like, I forgot something. I'll go home once I find it. And he's just placidly sitting at his desk yeah this could not be more of a cry for help if he actually screamed the word help hey do you want me to go get your friend hikaru that he always no. cheers you up do not get him no matter what tell him to leave like holy <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, a, a situation made entirely of red flags. And uh, in and I, I love the depiction of like grief and hopelessness as like Yoshiki puts his head on the desk and the panel of his, of his line art melting through the desk into the speech bubble of Hikaru of not Hikaru showing up. Hey, buddy, looks like you've been avoiding me. That's cool. We're the best friends. <laughs> Didn't you know it's a half day? Let's vamoose. You can just, go watch me eat watermelon. You always just, like that. Just go on ahead of me. I'll leave when I'm ready. Oh, what are you in a sour mood? What if I make funny faces? It's not very effective. Yep. It's not. Look, man, I'm just saying like. 
That always worked when the real Hikaru did it, and you loved that guy, and now I'm willing to let you bone me. So really, and just win-win. And that's when, you sh like, it's obviously more subtle than... <laughs> but Not has, not much. It's not it's slightly much. more subtle, yeah. Matt has hit the point on the head, and that's when Yoshiki slaps not Hikaru's hand away. And it's like, hey, are you um, kidding? Is something wrong? Is it? Is it me? Is what you? I mean, you're you're treating me badly. Are you pissed at me? I'm not pissed. Yes, you are. And um, I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah. The the fight kind of escalates from there, with Yoshiki desperately trying harder and harder to emotionally isolate himself and Hikaru getting more and more angry. And the breaking point is when Hikaru says, we've been open about everything. Even if I said something before, before you say before, like that counts you. You're not him. You're not the real Hikaru. You're not you, the one who did those things. You haven't done. You're not my friend. <laughs> mm hmm. You are currently wearing his body like a flesh sock. Walking around, saying the things he'd say, doing the things he'd do, and all and of it is... More. And all of it is off. Can't you just accept me? As Hikaru is grasping Yoshiki's wrist. You I, expect me to? I, I love Hikaru being the victim in this. Like, <laughs> oh, he... Everything, mm -hmm. everything is his fault. And he's still like, why are you acting like this? What? Yeah, it's 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 the classic uh, abuse tactic. It's exceptionally well written because don't make me hurt you. It's exceptionally well written because it feels so effective, even from the outside perspective of, yeah, no, this is an abusive situation. This is a bad thing for Yoshiki. He has to leave. If you are immersed in the narrative. You're immersed in Yoshiki's confused perspective. And you kind of feel bad for Hikaru. There's a case where, like, you read it at the surface level and there's the kernel of sympathy. But then because you're reading the narrative, you aren't actually Yoshiki with all of this emotional baggage. So you have that sort of, like, top-down perspective of the situation. And you're like... But you're the one at fault, mm -hmm. not Hikaru. You're the one who's doing the thing. You're not respecting Yoshiki's boundaries. If you actually cared about him as much as you said when he asked you to uh, give him space, you'd have given him space. Actually, the uh, thing that I didn't note in my reading, but now skimming back through it for the, the pod, uh, not Hikaru says there's so much i can't tell how many of these feelings i have are mine but mm -hmm. wasn't chapter two all about how the memories weren't really his and didn't feel like his and the experiential action of doing it himself was more important why would true hikaru's memories impact you at all yeah it's uh it's messed up <laughs> yeah and as soon as He's got the emotional hooks in, not Hikaru, rips off his mask and activates a demon form and starts trying to eat Yashiki. And as horrific and painful as this is to read, damn, the art looks so cool. Mm -hmm. I love how the depiction of not Hikaru's eldritch form 
has evolved like it's still got all of the like tentacles and cellular structure and whatnot in it but it's also grown to have like piano keys or maybe like a subway car and there's also uh like ribbons and roots and vines it's and eyeballs everywhere but not like distinct ones like abstract eyeball shape just the suggestion of an eye Mm -hmm. the idea that he's watching and that is the riot of visual noise that is of, of just sensory noise that is dragging yashiki in sublimating and overwhelming him yeah and um one thing that i think is um kind of important is because they they do a little bit of skipping around um, the like sequence of events um because they have they have you know a couple of uh the end of one chapter and the beginning of the next uh has a bunch uh has some whammy panels but there's also um intercut with this a um a sequence from not hikaru's perspective after the fact and like there there's like so many elements of um like he has these looks of regret and stuff and it it plays to uh an important factor in a lot of abusive relationships where it gives the because this is a scene for the audience specifically uh this isn't something that is done towards any individual character so this is presumably not hikaru's real like authentic self in these scenes and he seems to genuinely buy his own lie which is something that's true of a lot of abusive relationships there are a lot of abusers out there who just don't understand what they're doing is awful you know you can confront them um you know like directly with you know these are the things you're doing but they don't see why it's a problem and this sort of like plays into that idea of um, this eldritch thing is so beyond human understanding that it doesn't understand why absorbing someone when they're angry is maybe a reason to not be in that relationship anymore at all. I I just love how like the it also ends on Yoshiki about to be absorbed, and that's like the break because then when we come back to it, it kind of flashes back to the scene. So that's kind yeah. of like. Thing. I just love how the volume ends with a bonus chapter about Yoshiki needing to cut his bangs but not liking to because he Hikaru cut his bangs when they were kids one time and it made him sad. So Hikaru bought him some cute girls, like elementary school girl hair clips. And mm -hmm. it's it's just this cute story about like, he got me hair Hi. clips. So I clipped it on the back of his head and he didn't know. And I'm going to try wearing the hair clip. And then his sister just goes, on you, you look ridiculous. I want it. That sounds like a lot of pain. <laughs> no. <laughs> better help. Better help. Man's bungled my cut, and now I gotta look like this. Fire my barber, man. Like, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a lot of emotion to unpack. So, uh, how about we all take better a break, help. and we'll Who you do that over call. the break, and then come back to... Oh, more emotional drama. Okay, cool. <laughs> Excellent. I could, I could certainly use some water. BRB. <laughs> we'll be back after this, folks. Hi. Has your friend become an eldritch monster that is kind of forcing a homoerotic relationship on you that you've always secretly desired? That sounds like a lot to handle. You should contact BetterHelp. BetterHelp will associate you with a therapist who can deal with many just complicated things, like eldritch entities, 
Ghost Possession. Subdued homoerotic thoughts. Better help. Who you gonna call? And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our um, poor, unfortunate souls. Uh, Yoshiki was being consumed by the metaphor, which is most of his existence at this point, honestly. Which is weird, because we don't actually cut back to that. We cut back to someone vividly remembering that, and it turns out it's Hikaru laying in bed. This is the scene uh, that I mentioned of, you know, like it feels like his honest experience of it, and... It comes off as I don't want to say it doesn't come off as malicious because it does, but it comes off like he doesn't mean for it to be. There is an innocence there that the problem is that innocence, it does not absolve him of blame. Yeah. It, and uh, and again, he's just it's, like everything was going fine until I sexually assaulted my friend. I don't understand what went wrong. It's one of the, you know, there are a lot of different ways abusive relationships can happen and maintain. And, uh, you know, this is this is one of those ones where uh, the abuser doesn't really understand what they're doing. It doesn't make their actions OK. They're still abusing someone, but it makes dealing with them that much harder. Uh -huh. It's OK. Yoshiki's going to apologize and make everything better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate the wide gamut of emotions this entire arc made me feel. I feel the need to point out, I don't think the manga did anything wrong by this. The story is trying to elicit all these various emotions. I'm just like, ah, personally, because um, we have the flashback of not Hikaru um, seeing the notification on the phone and uh, Yoshiki trying to brush it off. And Hikaru, or not Hikaru, walking home from an errand and seeing that Yoshiki's bike is missing from his house and remembering the weird notification on the phone and his hostile actions after the fisting session. Mm, and you think he's going around fisting other girls? And I, I love the, the paneling here because it is... Like it's got the pervasive onomatopoeia of the of the cicadas throughout this entire section, and then it as um, Hikaru is getting more and more into his own spiral. It zooms in on his eyes, and the onomatopoeia of the cicadas becomes the overwhelming thing, and it devolves into him having a nightmare of Yoshiki rejecting him in some way that is very interesting because it, it it's Yoshiki saying, I don't need you anymore. A scribble scribbled out text like you. Uh -huh. and, and then Hikaru wakes up crying or not. Hikaru wakes up crying. And after all of that, the flashback ends and goes back to the classroom where Yoshiki has been pushed down to the floor by the overwhelming presence of the Eldritch Abomination absorbing his mortal coil and soul. He's still in the flashback. There were just multiple levels of the flashback. Yeah. Yeah. 
because uh, that's Hikaru. They're they're well, both looking back on it because like the this chapter technically starts after it's been like a day plus, mm-hmm. and they're both reacting to what happened in different ways. Well, yeah, because Hikaru is kind of just looking at himself in the mirror going like, oh, man, I guess I think I screwed up somehow. I don't understand why I look identical to Hikaru. Why would he think I'm gross? Because he's remembering when he was like going inside him and he hit his brain and then he was getting these feelings from Yoshiki of that. This is disgusting. It's disgusting, but it feels good. But I hate you. And it, oh, my the fucking metaphor is not a metaphor, right? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is extremely literal. This is the only thing that makes it complicated. That could be any sort of obfuscation is the very literal metaphor. The subtext that is now just text is like five different things. <laughs> uh, also, some plot bit. Apparently, when uh, they were brain melding against Yoshiki's wishes, a uh, memory shot forward, which is like feudal Japan era with a woman carrying a head of so- a human head, I suppose. Um, and that memory getting into Yoshiki kind of causes everything to break. And that's mm-hmm. when Hakar really starts crying. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of just like, okay, this got out of hand. And then just does, can't even look him in the eyes, just goes, don't hate me and leaves. And I'm like, buddy, you can't fucking make this about you. Like, what yeah. the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, is that severed head the hair spirit from later? uh it's just hair so that'd be hard to yeah i mean it's it's the same kind of long black hair but like that's a dime a dozen in a manga yeah that's very that, well that's also very common in japan in particular the hair spirit i think is like a known yokai too so it's like i i, I don't uh, yeah. I, you might be reading too much into it possibly but maybe not who knows <laughs> but we have just the most emotionally painful moment of the reading which you know uh not hikaru backs off and yoshiki is you know gasping crying drooling like nose running like he is seven kinds of mess right now just getting off of the ground in obvious pain physically and emotionally and it's 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 rape (laughs) yeah it, yeah, the, the metaphor is not a metaphor. Like, the metaphor is not a metaphor. And he's. Uh, despite all of that. He feels guilty. He blames himself because he's the mm-hmm. one who led Hikaru on. He's the one who said this like this. Like he's amalgamation of a human being was good enough to be a replacement. I'm the one who was weak. I'm the one who allowed this to happen. I love and like, dear readers, please read this manga because it is excellent artistic work, not even just for the Eldritch horror, but the expression work, the paneling. And my personal favorite panel is in chapter seven after the attack. Uh, We have, you know, the kids are all packing up at the end of the school day. Everyone's putting their stuff in their backpacks. And there is a whole panel of, from Yoshiki's perspective, looking down into his book bag. The zipper is wide open, and it's a gaping maw 
into a black void and written in that it looks like the mouth of a monster mm -hmm. he's a replacement for hikaru it is gorgeous panel work it is emotionally rending and yeah it's it's fantastic craft yeah and then we got our boy yoshiki here who's sitting at his desk looking at the like deep indented bruises on his arm where hukaru like lashed out and like gripped him super tightly like you can see the indents of his four fingers in the guy's wrist it's a low-key miracle his arm didn't break yeah and hikaru didn't show up to school the girls are trying to be helpful but they end up saying all of the worst things hey he was so happy what's going on you guys should just make up already I almost said kiss and makeup. I don't know if Asako's uh Asako's a homophobe we established. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um Yuki basically they, they kind of just give them the advice that like hey, your friends should just be friends. And then Yoshiki kind of goes on this like mental gymnastics of like oh, hold on. That ghost thing that's now inhabiting my friend's body that I've been having a sexual relationship with. Um, it was just born yesterday. It's basically a child. It doesn't know what it's doing. Yoshiki, please stop. <laughs> Yoshiki, please stop. That hurts so bad. Stop making excuses for your abuser. Stop making creepy excuses for your abuser. <laughs> you, you have now framed it in such a way that you were the abuser. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, which, uh, hey, that's another abuse tactic, because not Hikaru immediately plays into it as hard as it can. Uh-huh. Because his, his, uh, Hikaru is in his home, wrapped in a blanket in the corner. Why are you the one saying you're sorry? Yeah, why? You <laughs> shouldn't be, but you are in a victim-blaming mindset on yourself Like at this that, point. That part was fine. Yoshiki's kind of in the wrong here with how he's reacting to it, but uh -huh. I, I don't know how to deal with that. Again, um, I, I'm not blaming Yoshiki for being intensely confused and obviously having much more deep-seated self-hatred than this mo than our reading got into. But my, my main thing is his reaction is flinching away when Hikaru kind of reaches out to touch his hand because... Yoshiki's having a like trauma reaction to the injury he received and we get Hakar going see you're scared of me as he should be woe is me and uh there's that do you hate me now that's uh oh I'm so ashamed you know I'd just be satisfied if it could just be the two of us and no one else and no one else, just the two of us, nobody else, no other people. <laughs> but I mean, I won't say no if you meet with other people. I, I don't want you to hate me. I, I would I'll never do what I did again. I'm so sorry. Your wishes, my command. I, I just I'm sorry I used your friend's body to sexually assault you. <laughs> like. <laughs> basically, almost a line, which is. Well, but see, that's the thing. And and like, not just because of technically in the barest bone sense, still a metaphor because it's it's eldritch abomination absorbing and not actual sex. But like he doesn't phrase it that he makes a point of not phrasing it that way 
because the abuser can't admit, admit that he's the one at fault because if he does, then the victim might actually do something about it. He, the problem is he is admitting he's at fault, but in like a soppy woe is me thing. That, yeah, yeah. It's emotionally manipulative. Like, like it's 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 talked around not just because there is technically a metaphor involved, but it's talked around because even if this was not a supernatural series and everything was just literally happening it would still be phrased that way because it absolves the abuser of uh, guilt in their own mind and hopefully in the mind of their victim so that they can keep doing it. M moving away from the like actual real world example here and more back to the predator and prey thing that kind of is an undercurrent here. We mm. get the scene where it's like, he's dangerous. I know he is. And then we get the scene of Hikaru's head, which is currently in Yoshiki's lap. That's just crying in such a gross way it's mm -hmm. it's just this dude's head in his lap covered in fluids and yep. and this is what yoshiki goes like oh look at that little face how can i be mad at that little face you should be that's not my friend that's just a little sex monster it's, he's just a little guy are you really gonna have beef with a silly little guy like him on his birthday he's a little birthday boy he then has a flashback of Kurabayashi basically going, don't fuck monsters, don't fuck monsters. <laughs> and he's just like, she probably didn't know. What's the danger? He's just a little guy. Don't fuck monsters. Do not, do not teratophilia. Not now, not now. Don't do it. You're just lonely, aren't you? Ooh, yeah, lonely. I could use some company. Lonely. Wait, lonely. Hold on. No, that's. Yes, I'm lonely. Yep, that's that's what I'm feeling. I'm just a little guy who needs some company. Well, I've forgiven everything and now we're moving on. I, I guess I've been lonely all along. I guess the thing you said is what ends this. I guess the thing you've said is what ends this conflict. I have said the words that make the fight end. Saying mother made you not kill me, didn't it? I guess it's a magic word. We really got to stop referencing other episodes. Why not? Go listen to the Free Run episode. It's good. Actually, yes. Go listen to Free Run. Not right now, though. Keep listening to this because, man, they do talk about this cat for a while. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do talk about that cat and show that cat's balls. A it's lot. funny. <laughs> it is funny. Again, I hate the emotions that this manga is making me feel because, again, getting immersed into the narrative and in the headspace of the protagonist. I, Sam, intellectually understand that this is an abusive relationship with an evil alien entity that should be opposed. And yet I'm by the end of these two chapters, I'm like, well, he's just a silly little guy. He's just a little guy. A and when the ominous old man council calls in the monster hunter, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, they do set it up so that you feel bad. That the little guy's just being hurt. They, they, yeah. So we do have like an entire chapter dedicated to trying to humanize not Hikaru by having him play with the cat and go to the summer festival. I do love them going to the summer festival and it's like, oh, hey, where can we get some uh, where can we get some snow cones? Oh, we just we have to go past the uh, Tory gate into the uh, shrine grounds. Oh, yeah, just past the Tory gate. You know what? I have to take a piss. You guys go on ahead of me as not Hikaru walks away from the Tori gate and his hand is starting to mutate into the weird alien entity like 
a barrier. I've been repulsed. What a pain in the ass. It's like, hmm, why couldn't you go past the sacred gate into the protected grounds? I wonder. Yeah. They also brought Yoshiki to the fireworks festival or the fire festival. Um, or Yoshiki's little sister. Yeah, they also brought Yoshiki. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshiki did, in fact, bring himself. Uh, he no. didn't want to. Yeah, and the little sister mainly just gets it said that there's a whole thing about why doesn't that little girl go to school? She must have a terrible mother, is what the onlookers say. Mm. And there's a weird scene where the takoyaki vendor just gives them free takoyaki, which I'm kind of reading as he felt bad for them, but they aren't aware of it. Maybe yeah. I, there, there's something going on with his little sister that speaks to some kind of trauma about why she's not going to school. But also, is the Takayaki vendor part of the ominous old man council? No, he just has a cross. OK, OK. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, uh, he, he's 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 wearing a cross. So he's Christian. Which... Mm -hmm. It's it's pointed out later that this region was a particular um, refuge for Christians during the Edo period because as an isolated mountainous region, it was difficult for the for the feudal lords to uh, get in there and, and do the oppressing. Yeah, but more importantly, um, once they go get the uh, frozen ice, um, Yoshiki's sister goes to beg mom for more money. But more importantly, the boys get to go eat ice cream by themselves or not uh, frozen ice. I, snow Shaved cones. ice. Yeah. Shaved ice. Snow cones. And we have another one of their favorite metaphors that keeps coming up about how um, I th I'm sure both of you know the like urban legend that like all snow cone flavors are really just sugar and uh -huh. it's the mm. colors. It's the food make, dye. Yeah. Makes you think they're different flavors, which sounds true. I, there's definitely not enough flavoring in there for it to really matter. And but, hey, ship of Theseus. But like Am the I whole right? thing is this is Hikaru going, hey, do you think the only reason you think I'm not Hikaru is because you know the difference? No one else can tell it. So it's just because you know that you're just thinking they you're thinking the flavors taste different because they're different colors. But if you closed your eyes, they'd taste exactly the same. And I'd taste exactly the same. Let's make out. <laughs> and and the paneling is like the they're facing each other. They're sitting close. They're kind of both leaning in. It's the classic <clears throat> they're about to make out, you know, yeah. paneling for like a teen romance. But then he kind of is like it gets kind of like hot and heavy. And then he remembers the crying face. And he's just like, nope, little kid. And mm -hmm. I'm like, OK, Yoshiki, I guess this is progress. I don't really know where you're going, bud. <laughs> but <laughs> The the main thing is that he kind of goes like, well, here's the thing. The reason I know you're not Hikaru is because I've seen Hikaru's dead body and you're currently wearing that like a flesh sock and nothing you say is ever going to fix the fact I vividly remembering seeing my dead friend's body. Mm -hmm. Here's where we start getting uh, some flashbacks that add some very much needed context to the uh, ongoing horror story as um, the next chapter opens up on a flashback sequence of, you know, the night Hikaru went missing. It's pouring rain because uh, it's the typhoon season. Uh, a search party is going out. Uh, Yoshiki's mom is yelling at him to not go out with them. The adults will handle this. He immediately puts on a rain slicker and some boots and goes out himself. And can I just give props to Yoshiki, despite the fact these adults have been looking for, like, presumably a long time? Yoshiki finds him immediately. 
Mm -hmm. There may be some level of uh, there's a lot of apparently founded superstitions in the town. They might not have been looking in the right area because of that. Whereas the uh, younger Yashiki uh, doesn't have as much reverence for the stories and thus went into the location that was where Hikaru actually did indeed die. Can we also um, bring up just one thing that completely ruins this manga for me? Hmm. Mm -hmm. This manga, the summer Hikaru died. We find out in this fucking flashback, this bitch died in winter. <laughs> okay. The point is that, like, it's the summer of Yoshiki dealing with the body snatcher, but I know what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, he, like, r sees his friend's cold, dead body in the forest and goes... Un unbreathing like a stone. Yeah. And goes, well, I'm going to pass out for two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he apparently wandered home, then passed out, then went in a coma. Eh, tracks. <laughs> this, this is the most anime nonsense right here. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the most B-horror movie nonsense. <laughs> and when I woke up, my friend was in the hospital. Not mm -hmm. dead. And then presumably a lot of time of them just kind of hanging out happened until Yashiki's just like, all right, no, I can't take it anymore. You're not him. And then we got to the start of the manga. Yeah. And then we cut to the end of Yoshiki telling Hikaru this story. And he's just like, man, that's heavy. You've just been dealing that for like six months. I, oh, geez. Thanks for telling me. Why do you think I've lost so much sleep? And Yoshiki has another flashback thinking about how much he misses Hokaru of the two of them hanging out at the river talking about Yoshiki talking about how he wants to leave this town he wants to go to the city because it sucks living in the boonies it's stifling it's a shoebox that More he's just going to suffocate in also he's suffocating because there is currently some drama going on in town that one of the heirs to something it doesn't really matter a prominent local family one rich kid is um sick and by sick they mean gay mm -hmm. and my boy hikaru because the real hikaru just goes like wait you mean one of them lgbt's <laughs> phonetically spelled <laughs> Ooh i don't know what to do with that unless it's on a sandwich with a with a blank look on his face because he does not understand. Now, if you were talking about having sex with women, I'd be completely interested. <laughs> What's the difference between the two cars? I wonder what it could be. And, and as if that didn't hammer it home enough, at, while Yoshiki's having a good hard cry at the loss of his friend, which tragically brings him emotionally closer to not Hikaru, Skipping a little bit, we'll talk about the Ominous Old Man Council in a moment, but the next chapter opens with a flashback from Hikaru's perspective, true Hikaru. And the reason he died is he went I out... It. I he, love the reason he died, because yeah. this is the real Hikaru. <laughs> he went out on the mountain to do a thing, presumably the ritual the Ominous Old Man Council talks about, and he got distracted by a tree that looked like a curvaceous naked woman. Is that a naked lady? <laughs> and then he fell off a cliff and died. <laughs> he, he saw a tree that looked like it had rocking tits and wide hips, and he slipped, fell, and fucking died. I wonder what the difference between <laughs> fake and real Hikaru is. 
Like, I just love how this gets more and more ridiculous. Like, <laughs> my boy died because he wanted to make a tree that looked like a lady. He he is every stereotype of the 17-year-old boy. I, I can't put a finger on what's different. <laughs> Man, it's the girls at school are just like, Hikaru's so different. He, he came so, back. He's happier now. And he's such he's got such good fashion tips. He seems so much happier and he's so attached to you, Yoshiki. He's so emotionally happy with our he's he's really ready to talk through problems with us. <laughs> he helped uh. me interior decorate. Like it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, uh, and then we get cooking class just to <laughs> Really hammer. Well, to, to be fair, Hikaru is terrible at cooking. So. Yeah. Either version of him, apparently. <laughs> but um, the, the do... main point about that flashback is actually kind of important, though. Yeah, we have because we have the ominous old man council, which is one big angry guy, one jolly drunk guy and uh, Master Roshi in the glasses here ready to go to the golf club. <laughs> And also a guy I thought was Hikaru until he gets revealed later as just another dude with white hair. <laughs> I thought he was Hikaru's dad. I, yeah, but he is just another dude. Uh-huh. But um, Master Roshi going to the golf club. Uh, uh, Tetsu Mikasa. Uh, he appears to be the most put together and the leader of them. Talking about how the ritual has not been carried out. So the thing on the mountain has managed to break free. We should contact Tanaka. And while he's sitting there, cross-armed, serious-faced, Gendo Ikari, like, shining glasses. <laughs> Other guy is just drinking sake, having a, having a great nihilistic time, and big angry man is just coming up with an excuse to yell at anything. <laughs> but, that, but yeah, that's what they call him, Mulder. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what Tanaka is he's Mulder but the the one thing I wanted to talk about is with the flashback with the uh, Hikaru the real Hikaru is um, while he's dying from trying to bone that dryad um, <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted by a curvy tree I am honestly amazed how could I go out this stupid it's like it's like the mangaka was just like hold on I don't want anyone to think that real Hikaru was gay. That's an important distinction here. Real Hikaru is like, I went out so dumb trees, uh, chasing wood pussy. Yep. But uh, as he's dying, he's basically like going like, oh, I messed up. I'm not going to be able to finish the job. Oh, mom's going to be sad about this because she just lost dad. And more importantly, I'm leaving uh, Yoshiki without a friend. And that sucks. He's going to be alone. I don't want to leave you all alone. You don't have anyone else. And you're kind of like a loser. And I'm like, you have more friends at school, but I guess whatever. And we get the scene of the entity kind of looming over him. And it's just like, is he dying? And that's why things are distorting. No, it's this eldritch abomination is above him. Mm -hmm. And and I love the artwork here because it's. Hikaru looking up into the trees or into the canopy and like the break in the canopy kind of looks like a humanoid shape in like a weird sort of stylized star. But then it's like the shadows off to the side start to twist mm -hmm. and it starts to warp into that weird 
eldritch shape that we've gotten used to associating with not Hikaru. And he's reaching up his hand and it's like, uh, Lord Brain Snatcher, I guess that's you. Look, if I'm going to die, just make sure that my friend is kept company, please. And like his finger is visually disintegrating into the swirl as he's reaching up his arm. Hi. Yeah, you can just start to see the uh, the mm-hmm. melding. The uh, and like specifically not Hikaru's, you know, tentacle monster form, which I'm, I'm just going to point out is different than the story fake Hikaru told Yoshiki. <laughs> yes. Yes, I it just is. found I just found him like this. But um, I, the the mood whiplash in this chapter is amazing because we get dude died trying to have sex with a tree. Funny. Mm-hmm. I want my friend to be happy. Very serious. Cut to Yoshiki looking at a bunch of marinated chicken things, thinking about how good it felt to be inside of Hikaru. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't focus in Homek because I've got a boner. Juxtaposition of like real Hikaru's dying vision fading into black, fading into chicken cutlets. <laughs> and then Yoshiki's sweating. Don't have sex with a chicken. Don't have sex with a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're making fried chicken in home ec. Um mm-hmm. He's wearing a bandana and uh, Hikaru teases him for how gay it looks. That looks like the kind of stuff ghosts wear. Also, hold on. You are a ghost. I'm just looking at this. Uh, Hikaru's apron is Shenron? <laughs> it is Shenron. <laughs> Huh. That's cool. <laughs> Your wish has been granted. <laughs> Your best friend has come back and is gay. Oh my god, I I completely <laughs> forgotten that it wasn't just subtext, it becomes actual text because Hikaru goes like, "Hey, why were you zoning out looking at that raw chicken earlier?" And Yoshiki just has to go like, "Cuz it was reminding me what it felt like to be inside of you." Whoa. <laughs> do you want to do you want to do it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to give it another go? Hey, hey, you doing anything after this? We can bone. I'm always down to pound. He dead ass in the middle of home ec says, well, bang, okay? <laughs> they're, they're literally just in the middle of home ec going like, so we're, uh, we're going after class, right? Want to give it another go? Oh, yeah, we're going to. I'm just going to keep saying, because I know editing Sam has to blank it out, and I, there's going to be a lot in this episode. <laughs> You're giving me it's, so much work, Matt. It's marked explicit for a reason. I like how we mark episodes explicit and then still censor swears. Because <laughs> <laughs> swearing's bad. Swear, uh, swears are bad, okay? They don't actually say they're doing this after school, so I assume they're just going to an empty classroom. <laughs> oh, no. Based on what Not Hikaru says, it's during club period. Ah, uh, okay. So it, it is immediately after class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is... <laughs> I love this paneling because it's not Hikaru standing there, shirt unbuttoned, eldritch bussy out. <laughs> and he's like, come on, man, just put your arm inside my void hole. You're waiting for it. It's not like it's your first time. <laughs> I'm like, and Hikaru's like, just give me a second. I am getting my nerves together. And look, the only way. This would have been censored if it was obviously between a woman's legs. This next panel. <laughs> because he I've is, also seen teeth. He is fingering that man. <laughs> Little does he know penetration goes both ways. Yeah, because <laughs> we have the 
extremely heart-wrenching like panel of Yoshiki's expression, which is like <laughs> it's weird, but it's more tolerable than before. Uh, so you're getting warmed up. Well, then how about we try this? As the eldritch corruption starts to slide up his arm. What's going into me? Stop it! Stop it! And he's just like, oh no, this is awful and terrifying, but why does it feel so good? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, and it it reaches in and touches into his brain, and that really sets off the trauma flashback, and uh, Yoshiki just goes, nope, nope, get off, no, this is done. And you know it's what? A- to his credit, fake Akaru does stop. <laughs> it's almost like this entity is using your genuine desires to then corrupt them as a means of controlling you though i do think i do think also this is another example of uh this thing is so alien it doesn't realize what it's doing is as awful as it is I, it yeah, very I, easily could be a matter of it's just that good at hiding it but it because we had that other scene of not hikaru seeming to not be guilty about it but like realize he did something wrong like the fact that he uh the fact that he pulls back as immediately as he does like, he's not trying to be an abusive, horrible <laughs> monster. He just is one. With that unpleasant and unsatisfying sex session done with, uh, Yoshiki goes home to more fried chicken. There's <laughs> uh. a weird sense of humor. Like, like, this manga has a weird sense of humor where, like, it... It it creates a sort of uh, roller coaster of emotions where you can't like really fully process the awful that just happened because there's a legitimately funny joke that immediately follows it. Fried chicken of all things. God damn it! Now I've got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because it's been a while since the initial attack, and he thought the bruises on his arm had faded, but now after the next fisting session they're back and then you get the metaphor and then we get a flashback to uh kobayashi and we we apparently had an entire section of plot relevant dialogue that wasn't in what we read but is now appearing here (laughs) because that's how exposition works yeah Uh, she's basically reconfirming like the more you deal with the supernatural the more you become part of their world and they are other because we are incompatible you will become marked for life the more look i i know the ghost sex is great but you can't you can't (laughs) it will destroy you the ghost is not worth it it's incredibly mind-blowingly amazing i will not keep saying this in america the diner (laughs) (laughs) just just the idea (laughs) <laughs> that this, that this like, conversation is happening in the middle of a diner this 45 year old woman in the diner is talking about how good the ghost sex with her dead husband was to this 17 year old boy it's really funny to me yeah just like don't have this conversation in a diner <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> but hey if that wasn't uncomfortable enough for you let's have Yoshiki's little sister getting attacked by a demon in the shower can we can we also talk about how weird it is that uh, Yoshiki's little sister decides she wants to go take a bath while dinner is clearly like not even half over? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
There is still food on everyone's plates, and she's just like, well, time to go take a bath. Hey, Mom, uh, Big Bro is eyeing the chicken sexually. Is the bath water ready? My ba hey, Yoshiki's got a boner. I want to leave this table. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're right. That makes so much sense. She's just like, this is really awkward. I'm going to go take a bath. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bath is haunted by hair. Yeah, it's actually just like a pretty standard horror scene of like this like long wet haired monster kind of like chases her out and then the shower door has like hair slapping against it. I thought the hair traps in my uh, place were bad. Yeah, it's it's a uh, classic yokai nonsense. And then a weird cut to the friends at an arcade. And I'm like, that's weird. And then the bonus, I'm pretty sure it's one of the bonus chapters that, uh, no, no. Cause at the arcade, they start talking about how weird it is. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird like chapter transition to them at an arcade. And they're like getting, a and then they talk about like, yeah, no, there was a, a ghost in my bathroom. Indeed, and Hikaru's like, a ghost in your bathroom? I'm the only supernatural entity allowed in your life. I'm going to go ghost busting. Yeah, I'm, well, because the implication is what happened is the sister cried out for help. They went in to go make sure everything was okay. And once there were three people in the bathroom, the ghost was like, not dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Hikaru uh, says, yep, there's definitely a ghost in here. I'm going to go fix that. And uh, strange noises from bathroom uh yashiki uh makes the understandable stupid decision to go in well he goes in because hikaru is like don't worry i'll protect you oh god no help ah. <laughs> in a like, desperate fight with a monster i'm now in the bath and getting soaking wet in my uh outfit well because it looks like the the ghost has possessed him and is then trying to drown hikaru's body in the bathtub mm-hmm and in a weird kind of inception scene, Yoshiki tries to grab Hikaru out of the bath, but then kind of goes inside the possession. And we get some dream uh -huh. nonsense where giant brains are acting like the people in Yoshiki's life. And yeah. also Yoshiki's own thoughts in some cases. And they are uh, saying all of his various insecurities in a panel that slowly crowds him with speech bubbles of self-doubt. And like, he then finds a young Hikaru who's talking to him about how we should have fed the sick bird, but the bird died because it was sick. And he's just like, well, you got to just accept that when things it's a living thing, it's going to die at some point. And Hikaru going like, no, I don't have to accept it from you. And he's like, you little brat. Oh, wait, hold on. That's me. <laughs> it died because you didn't feed it. I didn't feed it once. You didn't feed it multiple times. I picked up your slack. I failed once and now it's my fault the bird was dying anyway yeah it's all your fault you're just a you're just afraid of accepting what happens to you oh no uh and so the he as he's having this argument he's turning back into a child version of himself as mm -hmm. if this is a memory of a fight they had when they were in elementary school and it cuts to him actually drowning <laughs> current Yoshiki in the bathroom and like coming. Er, uh, current uh, Hikaru. Oh, Hikaru. Yeah, mm -hmm. sorry. And yeah. Um, it goes hard as hell. Uh, and then we uh, we actually do cut to um, Mulder 
leaving a hamster in the woods. <laughs> I, I guess he's got a he's got a canary in the coal mine is my interpretation of that. And if then, the animal freaks out, it means something spooky is around. Yeah. Then he meets the group of creepy old men and um, whatever. Uh, the hamster has thus far been OK. So Maybe that's not. good, at least. We also get a weird scene where the girls accidentally wound up in an underground arm wrestling competition because Asako is the number one arm wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly this is where we get the main uh, thing that Asako is. Um, she has some ESP because they're, uh, Yuki was going to walk home a certain way and she gets she goes, stay away from that railroad crossing. We're going to go a different way. You're weird, but okay. And then we just see the railroad crossing like ominously. <laughs> The railroad crossing ominously and the onomatopoeia devolves from, you know, the sound of an approaching train into it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, better drown out that creepy noise with some headphones <laughs> and walk in the other direction. Putting my AirPods in. And she steps in a puddle and that splash then transition into Hikaru gasping for air underwater. <laughs> like, uh huh. Back to the fight between the boys. Hold on. I'm not possessed. Mm, I don't know if I can believe you. No, it's like it's like Yoshiki very seriously possessed. And um, <laughs> this is so fucked up. You possess Yoshiki bites Hikaru's arm. Hikaru activates tentacle form and shoves himself into Yoshiki's mouth, kicking out the hair demon, mm -hmm. ending the possession. And the hair demon leaves because it knows it's been outclassed. Yeah, leaving two high school boys sitting in the tub, soaking wet, less than five feet apart because they are gay, <laughs> soaking wet. Bite marks everywhere. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's not a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. And uh, <laughs> I love this because it, it cuts to the railroad crossing with the cocaine, 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 cocaine of the of the train coming. And it shows the hair demon rising out of the crossbars at the railway crossing. It splat. And then I'm not entirely sure of the paneling here, but it sort of implies that housewife son kicked the demon's ass <laughs> so i don't know if kobayashi killed the demon or just luckily enough it chose to show up when the train came by and the train is what splattered it mm -hmm. yeah i think the train splattered it i'm not sure but either way she's sensing that multiple evil spirits are congr are congregating around yoshiki and she's worried about him and then she has a little flashback that seems to imply that her son was the same way, mm -hmm. which is why she eventually had to break it off with her ghost husband. Freaking ghost husband. Oh, my God. Yes. This chapter is where we get Swamp Man. <laughs> swamp Man, the man that is a swamp and also the ship of the CS. So what if we just did the entire manga in the form of a couple of kitty panels and just restate the theme out loud. Well, more importantly, the characters have a philosophical debate about the nature of Swamp Man, which in this example is there is a guy walking by a swamp. Uh, he fell into the swamp and lightning struck him. And because of a weird confluence of that, that lightning struck also like the 
Mud in the swamp happened to form into an exact copy of him that came to life at the same point he died. So is that the same person? If you think the teleporter in Star Trek is a suicide box, then you might believe that Swamp Man is not the same. But also, this is a di- this is a direct correlation to the entire thing with Hikaru. I mean, I I would read an entire manga of just philosophical like <laughs> setups and then groups of people arguing it because I really enjoyed this chapter because Asako yeah. comes in with a pretty nuanced take of like, yeah, but like you're not the same body you were like two years ago. Are you a completely different person? And I'm just like, well, Asako, yes, kind of like you die a thousand deaths like the mm-hmm. you of yesterday is not the you of tomorrow. So fuck that guy. But don't mm. actually feed him because that creates ghosts. <laughs> that creates eldritch tentacle stuff and it's uncomfortable. But it becomes this question of like, at what point do we consider the continuation of consciousness to be the continuation of the same self? Or is the break point of one thing dying and another thing being born, but an exact copy? Is that actually a break point? And the thing that's unique about it in this context, the thing that's unique about not Hikaru is that not Hikaru has a distinctive break point. There is original Hikaru saw a sexy tree slip, fell and died. And then new Hikaru took over with all the memories. New Hikaru is aware that he was a separate being that took over with all the memories. Swamp man, based on the postulated, uh, problem in the textbook does not know that yeah well even even more so the the big difference is before not hikaru was not hikaru he was a completely different thing that already existed and like i i'm pretty sure this is intentional the reason why the metaphor doesn't line up perfectly is swamp mud isn't a conscious entity that was lord brain snatcher beforehand Mm -hmm. uh it's creating a false equivalence with uh justifying seeing this new Hikaru as the same Hikaru because the memories are the same. But this is a thing that already existed using the memories of a different person to act like them. That's different. Hmm. So I know discussions normally at the end, but I'm just kind of actually curious about this. Ignoring Hikaru because Hikaru, as we've established, weird, creepy nonsense. So otherwise, uh, where do you two fall on Swamp Man? Is is that the same person or? So, Matt, when you fall asleep every night, is that the death of a distinct Matt? Yes. Okay. (laughs) There is a break in consciousness there, is there not? There is. I I have no proof that that's the same me. All right. Then then we are of the same opinion. As you live, you die a thousand deaths. I have a a bit of a a cogito ergo sum sort of perspective on the matter. I see there as being continuity mostly because I perceive continuity. Uh, I have uh, I only have my own perspective to go on. And if I were to be presented with information that challenged that, that would make me seriously consider how valid that continuity is. But I'm going to operate under the assumption that I'm I'm me uh, even with breaks of consciousness because that's just kind of how I move forward. So you're saying if you turned around and saw your dead body drowning in the swamp, you'd be like, well, that's that would create a discontinuity. But because I don't 
I don't perceive like I perceive a level of continuity between, you know, days, basically. So that's still the same me to me, but it's only because that's the information that I have access to, which is easily faked. Yes, which is indeed easily faked. So I understand that that is not necessarily truly reflective of reality, but I, I can only act based on the information that I have. So I'm going to continue to act based on the information that I have. So I'm just to confirm that you're saying Swamp Man is the same person. I think in the case that um, Swamp Man is the same person because it's the same mind. It's the continuation of the consciousness, even if it's. Even if it's a different body, which well, that yeah. was not what I was expecting was all three of us to agree. Swamp Man is a real boy. <laughs> all three of us agreed, but in different ways. Yeah, we all agreed. To See, no, that I do expect because usually all of us have similar opinions. We just come to the conclusion in vastly different ways. That's normally what we argue about. <laughs> oh, uh, man. If you have if you haven't watched The Prestige, great movie about this exact thing. <laughs> but now that I've said that, you won't understand what I'm talking about until the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess spoilers for The Prestige, <laughs> a movie that's over a decade old at this point. Alternatively, listen to our previous episodes about Frank and Fran. Oh, yep. We do have some ships of Theseus in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember my Tosis girl? I remember my Tosis girl. <laughs> I feel like uh, my Tosis girl I had a contrary opinion on, but um, I never listen back. Never look backwards. I only look forward. <laughs> the you that existed yesterday is only theoretical. As I say repeatedly, past Matt's an asshole and future Matt's a dick. So. <laughs> Praise present Matt. Always do. But yes, uh, we have a uh, delightful commentary where Mika, in in a desperate attempt to be anti-intellectual, kind of (laughs) ends up making a very good contrarian point where he's like, why does it even matter? You know, that's a good question, Mika. Why does it even matter? (laughs) Well, because now hard as current Hikaru has a chest vagina. (laughs) <laughs> it matters to me in that exact circumstance he's got, he's got the eldritch pussy and i need to know how to think about that guys we're really burying the lead here because we're not establishing the fact that asaka asako is on a pretty regular basis borrowing hikaru's gym uniform <laughs> yeah yeah that's the scene uh that's that's what the scene actually is she's borrowing his swimsuit and she's definitely not borrowing his swimsuit. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense, but it... I'm not... Well, no, okay, okay, so she... She talks his, about not she, wanting to miss uh, swimming in gym class, which... It's weird. I didn't yeah. want to sit out swimming class. Hikar- what? She the borrowed girl's Hikar- EU, EU uniform is too small. Why is she missing out on swim? How did... <laughs> it, it's weird. <laughs> The point this... being, her tits are too rockin' and her hips are too wide to fit the usual PE uniform for girls. <laughs> oh, oh no. If she's if she's swimming in a white t-shirt, God help those boys in her class. <laughs> God help. Actually, you know what? 
it makes sense that original Hikaru would have precedent for this. No, no, original Hikaru is exact knows exactly what he's doing by like, yeah, girl, you can borrow my clothes whenever you want. I'm just gonna sniff the bag. Because <clears throat> uh, as we established, original Hikaru was a puss hound. <laughs> <laughs> he he was a hound dog. He got that dog in him. <laughs> he got that dog in him. <laughs> Which actually, considering where we end, might make sense that maybe past or past Hikaru had a crush on Asako or Asako. Mm -hmm. That I, that's yeah, the vibe that's... I'm picking up because she's very comfortable with borrowing his clothing to the point it doesn't seem like she normally wears the girl's uniform. Mm -hmm. So she is consistently borrowing his clothes, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Tanaka has joined the ominous old man council. And he has put so much sugar in his tea that the sugar has condensed into ominous prophetic imagery at the bottom of his cup. Yep. Which I appreciate. This guy is so lame, but so cool. He also <laughs> found a bag in the mountain that has a shrunken human head in it. Mm -hmm. And it's because of reasons. It's apparently a powerful totem to ward off evil spirits the, the ominous old man council really has a lot of screen time for basically telling us nothing <laughs> like uh-huh yeah insane. that's that's kind of my feelings on it because it's like this this seems to be this seems to be building towards a very particular kind of metaphor uh and then the ominous old man council shows up and starts knowing about the eldritch horrors and like having like techniques to form magical wards and it's weird also mustache guy in the old man council is also the one who's just like yeah that kid's a queer <laughs> so however that metaphor goes he's one of them queers ain't he he said he's strange in a way that clearly meant he was <laughs> yeah strange and by strange i mean not straight Queer, I suppose, is actually what I meant, but not in a disparaging way like he used it. Yeah, but that brings us into the final chapter of our reading where um, Angry Mustache Man and Tanaka go out to do spooky rituals. <laughs> it's such a weird scene because they're just walking calmly and then like Glasses Mulder just goes like <laughs> that shrine in particular and starts kicking it to it's the like, point. No, wait, there's something underneath there. Let me pull out a knife and slice open my palm like all the cool monster hunters do. Even though, why would you cut your palm? Like, okay, I know that's a good way to get a lot of blood to show that you bleed human red. But like, do you know how much you do with your hand? Do you know how painful it would be to just live with a huge cut on your palm like that? Just use your forearm, you idiot. I mean, yeah, especially because he just does it to like coat a bell in blood. Can you tell that I watched a lot of Supernatural and had a lot of thoughts about it? <laughs> oh, man. Sam, when we do our Supernatural rewatch podcast where I have to consistently say I hate that show, yeah. I will join you happily. <laughs> I oh. hate that show as much as I love it. Uh, Supernatural, the show I liked the first two episodes of and then watched four seasons of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's most people's experience, honestly. Uh huh. That's definitely not most people's experience. They did so many fan episodes that were insane. Uh, anyway. Um. So yeah, he coats 
uh, a bell in his blood and tosses it onto the destroyed shrine. And that does something. something. They, none of that is explained. Apparently, you need entrails to put up uh, spiritual barriers, I guess. And like mm-hmm. mustache man's going like, oh, he's probably going to be trouble for the village. But am I secretly hoping for that? And then it just ends. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what was that scene? And because Yoshiki isn't queer enough, he's also in photography club. And only taking pictures of Hikaru. <laughs> Uh-huh. Of Hikaru playing sports. Running around in uniforms, sweating. sweating. I gotta go. Hold on. Photography club doesn't normally do anything, but they needed someone to take a picture of Hikaru. I mean the soccer club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is when we get revealed the whole thing about how um This the, place was a refuge for Christians back. There's in the a day. bunch of yeah, there's a bunch of churches and stuff, but that's not important because what we get is the boy girl slumber party where there's fireworks. And I'm like, yep, I remember being in high school. <laughs> like, co-ed summer firework party. Man, when you had the friend who was super cool with you inviting boys and girls to a slumber party, you knew that was going to rock. Uh-huh. We also get some like setup for uh what Hikaru's dad and Yoshiki's dad, I think, were about with the ritual TM. Because, you know, Yoshiki's having flashbacks while he's in Hikaru's bedroom. Yoshiki's so weird. He walks into Hikaru's bedroom, sees Hikaru's dad's shirt and hat are hanging up, and just immediately shoves his face into it. Like, buddy, hold on. What was the thing we said during March comes in like a lion? Uh, there's no heterosexual explanation to, for pressing your face into another man's clothes to smell him. I, I mean, th- th- this person's just confirmed gay, so at least we don't have that nonsense. Yeah. But, uh, uh, th- there's some daddy issues. <laughs> I really wish March comes in like a lion was snappier for that joke, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, um, plot setup happens. That's basically this entire chapter. This chapter is just set up for the old man council, set up for the ritual, set up for, oh, wow, we ran out of fireworks. Hikaru is going to go get some, including Genki Girl. You're uh, missing the part where Yoshiki finds a bloodstained letter in Hikaru's bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Picks it up, can't read it, goes, oh, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to put this in my pocket. Mm-hmm. It just so goes that, to fireworks, like yeah. That's part. That's part of setup city. Uh, we get the we get the girls just doing regular fireworks, and all the boys trying to do like super impressive fireworks because there's two girls here. <laughs> I'm drawing an infinity symbol. Whoa! Look, look, I'm saying if if you have not done something incredibly dangerous with fireworks to impress women, uh, you're not a high school boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I have the burn scars on my fingers to prove it. <laughs> but they need to know I'm cool. They need to know that I am cool and do not fear pain or fire. But uh, they run out of fireworks, so not Hikaru goes to get some more, and uh, Asaka decides to go with him. And it's now where she decides to pull the same thing that Yoshiki did at the opening of the manga, which is reveal that she knows what's going on and i love the way she does this because they're walking along and she points at the mountain and it's like isn't that where hikaru went missing and not hikaru was like oh yeah that's the place i don't really remember what happened and he doesn't catch it yeah 
I liked that. She was she was fishing to uh mm-hmm. to see what the reaction of that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you mean? You're you're talking like that happened to another person. Oh. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say that. And so she just continues on with like, yeah, it was like we were holding awake for a couple of months, but you know what? I'm glad that you're back. But despite all that, I have to ask, who are you? Oh, it's such a good like two page spread too of like looking over Hikaru's shoulder as he's kind of like slowly turning to wait. Oh, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And just dramatic uh, Asako standing there, the wind only seemingly blowing her clothes. Nothing yes. else. Uh, <laughs> and and it's cool. like and it's like the fisheye lens make it seems like they're very far apart, but they're really not. Aww. And so there and so there's like there's that like emotional distance but like they're physically close enough that it's dangerous mm-hmm. and i mean not for nothing there does seem to be like at least a little bit of an air of menace for asuka as well mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like we know how dangerous not hakaru is and i'm not i, I wouldn't want to suggest the idea that like he's the one in actual danger by any means but like there's something about her that is well- just off Here's the thing. If he's exposed, that is danger. Like, it's not yeah. physical danger. It's his happy life with Yoshika. Like, he wants a normal life, and that can easily be disrupted by Asako. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, Sam, uh, he is definitely holding a Wii U gamepad in the, in the extra you were referring to. Well, I am old then. Yep. My, my favorite part about this is uh, my headcanon is Asuko has the exact same realization that um, Yoshiki does. It's going like, hold on, something's been different about her car ever since he came back. He's not super weird about me borrowing his clothes. And also, we don't make out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the difference is between him then and now. <laughs> he maintains eye contact whenever we talk now interesting uh and i'm just waiting for uh hikaru to go john because i didn't compare this to enough horror anthology podcasts (laughs) had to weave some uh magnus archives in there (laughs) but yeah that brings us to the end of our reading and uh so favorite character uh god it's really hard to say but because everyone who has a prominent place is there for a reason and is they they drive the plot in a very interesting way but it it's got to be uh Yoshiki because boy <laughs> I am desperately praying for you to understand yourself and the situation you're in so you can run that's all you need man just get the out of there you had the right idea when you were just kids skipping rocks in the river saying i gotta get out of the boonies yes go and i i just want i just want the best for my boy sam this is a horror manga and that's people constantly making bad decisions to not have what's best for them i know and that's what kills me but also just keeps me invested because horror as a genre knows what it's doing so matt favorite character um, I mean, I, I serious answer is Yoshiki because every reason you said he's he such a good character. He's got such emotional depth. I love everything about him. Uh, joke answer: real Hikaru, because my man died how he lived. <laughs> <laughs> died how he lived, chasing booty. 
And how about you, Jacob? Honestly, uh, not Hikaru is is such a such a good villain. There there's the combination of on the one hand, he has that alien element of he's an eldritch creature that we can't understand. And yet, despite the fact that he's an eldritch creature creature that we can't possibly understand, he also is such a good representation of the archetypical domestic abuser in addition and like i feel like there's something there (laughs) (laughs) um you know and just like it's one of those ones where it's like it's not it's not necessarily like the depth of the character it's the uh degree to which it's so well executed you know both the the alienness of the logic but also the vileness of the manipulation and even to some extent the degrees to which because it doesn't seem to know how evil it is there are those moments where it's like you almost start to sympathize with this monster in both a literal and metaphorical sense before you realize you know you have the advantage of being on the other side of the page you realize no no this is not okay nothing about this is okay every bad thing is its fault Mm-hmm. Other than that dryad, the dryad does have some level of responsibility. <laughs> All right. And uh, plot predictions going forward. Um, I mean, it's basic and seems obvious, but I'm thinking that Tanaka is going to uh, insert himself into the uh, ongoing drama of Yoshiki's life. And despite being abrasive about it, he's going to be the galvanizing factor that makes Yoshiki see everything that's fucked up about what's going on right now and help him to escape. Maybe that's optimistic. It's probably too optimistic for the genre, but a man can dream. Well, the whole point of the genre is it makes you believe that that can be possible. Uh, <laughs> this sort of this sort of uh, fiction doesn't work if there isn't at least some level of chance of things going well. They just usually don't. So what do you think about the uh, plot going forward, Jake? Uh, the old man council is going to completely change the genre and we're going to come back to it and all hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about that, too, is old man council <laughs> going to make it like weird. Or Old Man Old- Council is going to make not Hikaru, like... <laughs> Old Man Council is going to define things and un- and give explanations when this thing is about... This story is about metaphors. The fact that they seem to know what's going on, I'm not the biggest fan of. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think mm. they think they know what's going on is the big thing, because they, they don't actually know anything about the entity that's in Hikaru now. They just know that something big used to be on the mountain and isn't there anymore. Like, we barely talked about the, the like, actual plot that was happening in the background, because, like... It was the least interesting part of this. Yeah, it really and, was. Uh, yeah, and, uh, the old man council is the least interesting part of the story. And just given given the way that they've been uh, presented in the story, I worry that they're bo- going to become the only uh, yeah. thing in the story. Yeah, that that's the eternal problem with horror series and like the battle between thematics and explanation. It's like. I I have I too said little, early, too I, little I, explanation is unsatisfying, but too much explanation 
ruins both the metaphor and the horror. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I, I made a lot of comparisons to Old Gods of Appalachia earlier. It's like, do I need to know why the ghost of a Civil War soldier is in this region to be gay with the male main character of this series? No, I don't need to know why that happened, but that synopsis gives me enough explanation to work with if it over explained it suddenly now i'm thinking about it too hard (laughs) and i'm forgetting the theme conveniently they've explained nothing and they've definitely triggered enough flags that one of them's going to die (laughs) Uh yeah i I they have just enough screen presence to be like yeah one of these characters is gonna die so we have a name to death probably if i was to like go full meta and make a guess i'm guessing they're going to be the old man council is going to be knocked off one by one until Mulder and maybe Mustache are left. Mm. And that's when they're going to reach out, figure out that Yoshiki is involved somehow, maybe because his dad used to be. They should have an idea. Hikaru is also should be involved if they don't know he's the entity. But like, yeah. they're going to involve them. It's going to be revealed that the thing killing them isn't Hikaru. So there's an even bigger monster that Hikaru's demon or whatever was keeping at bay. And that's why he's not such a bad guy, despite the fact he's an evil monster. Uh, I mean, that's a really pessimistic way because I would hate it if that's how it went. But. Well, mm. in all honesty, I uh, one thing that I, I could see, um, I, I've been uh, reading a manhwa recently. And one of the things I'm hoping is... Um, especially because they established so strongly that Hikaru is abusive and that there's no question there. Um, Having a whole thing where it's like, maybe he's not so bad after all. And the big whammy moment at the end of the story is they defeat the bigger bad. That means everything's going to be okay, right? No, he's still an abusive monster and he needs to be stopped. And like having a, you defeated the bigger bad. Good. Now I can go back to my mountain. Come here, sex slave. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. but I mean, like having it like that, and then either it is a downer ending because you know the excuse of the supposed BBEG being defeated results in uh, Yashiki not getting out of the abusive relationship, or alternatively, you know there is a real final battle that is less about like magic shenanigans and more about breaking this abusive relationship. Which is the which is the more optimistic way of taking the idea of, you know, what is being set up with old man council actually <laughs> working in favor of the story? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if um, an abuser saves you from someone who's worse. If they're abusing you, they're still an abuser and you do not owe them anything. You should just leave. And like, you know, that's that's just a real world thing them doing good things for you no matter how big a gesture it is doesn't change the the uh the harm they cause you and with that in mind would you continue reading (laughs) it was hard for me to stop (laughs) listen family this is exactly my genre i love this weird rural horror out in the middle of nowhere this is my dog i want more so i'm gonna well, actually, I need to go to bed because I got work tomorrow, but I, I'm planning on reading more of this. How about you, Matt? Oh, this is so narrowly like my jam. Like <laughs> horror, horror month is when we really get to just put the things Matt <laughs> likes on the <laughs> manga reading list rather than isekai garbage. Uh, 
Look, I, that was a fluke and a bad one. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I love this. I, I, I you heard me say how this is probably going to be terrible and it's going to go off in a direction I hate. That's because I liked what I read so much. I just naturally assume it's going to disappoint me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I would continue reading. And shake. Um. So the old man council scares me enough that um. I'd certainly give it another shot uh, for the podcast. Um, I'm I'm sort of on the fence about it thus far. Uh, that combined with um, it's a minor thing, and I think it was mostly my own fault because I kind of I kind of had to panic read this uh, at on low sleep. So I, this very well might have been me, but there were there were parts where I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, some of the uh, the paneling. And um, there were parts that I don't think were supposed to be confusing that I had to reread a few times because I wasn't following the sequence of events. Like there are places where it does that on purpose, but there's other places where I felt like it wasn't on purpose. So it's definitely very interesting. Um but I mean, there there are other things that are sort of in this vein that I'd, uh, you know, rather go with instead. So it's a it's a positive side, maybe. But there's a lot of things to read. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into the Over Manga Cast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast on yeah i'm not gonna say names change all the time a uh, one constant we have though is we're on youtube where you can like comment and subscribe uh the episodes go up there on a two-week delay uh so if you want to uh, catch all our up-to-date stuff head over to overmangacast.com uh we even have a section there where you can leave individual comments uh let us know uh different series we can read what you want us to revisit uh what you think of the episodes anything really and as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all forums. Or if you have a recommendation for us, uh, reach out uh, over mangacast at gmail.com or go to overmangacast.com. We've got a nice little comment section in the bottom there. Uh, this was actually recommended to us. So thanks for doing that. I'd already read it before. So, ha, you didn't get this one on me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, really enjoy it. We appreciate reviews constantly. Um, in fact, uh, I, I believe our next reading is also a recommendation, but that's just because they loved it so much the first time we read it. Yeah, we are um, keeping up the thematics on this one. Uh, we're going back to Gleipnir. Uh, speaking of things I'd rather uh, <laughs> uh, catch up on. <laughs> yeah, um, we are reading chapters 15 through uh, 35 on that one. So um, uh, <laughs> clench your butts. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> it feels very thematically appropriate we're going into that one next so um good night everybody we'll catch you next thursday good night everybody good night so guys when jay comes back we really do need like a 20 questions to just make sure this exact situation hasn't happened i'm assuming nothing but boys love vampire questions and if she suddenly switched sexualities we'd know that's the, that's how you know <laughs> I will uh, work on compiling that for you. Okay, good. <laughs> Actually, yeah. How how would that work if you were bi? Would you just switch to also be bi? Sam, have you been out in the woods lately? No comment.